Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of The Shift Spot. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I specialize in helping visionaries achieve breakout results and scale with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, and we believe our knowledge, skill set, and support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests, so go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. Hey, everybody, it's Winter with the Shift Spotlight. And today we are here with Patrick Burns. And you are located in Austin, Texas, right? That is correct. Yes, Trying to the, stay cool for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> it's finally starting to cool down. Originally, though, you went to Indiana University. Are you from there? Uh, yeah, I'm originally from Indiana. So I moved well, down to Austin. Well, I'm... I went to school around Fort Wayne. I mean, that's like a city that people know. I'm actually from a real small rural community. I mean, it's near Logansport, Indiana, and there was only like 50 people in my graduating class. So I grew up in a very small community. But then I went to the city for college and now I'm in Austin. Okay. Well, you know, Ken, my partner, he is from Noblesville and he went to Purdue. Okay. Okay. And his accent. (laughs) (laughs) We're all from Indiana. His eldest daughter went to Indiana University for a year too. So um, uh, mm-hmm. I, I I visited Indiana for the first time um, for the uh, 500, and oh, okay. this this year and had a blast. I loved it. I thought it was great. So um, mm-hmm. all right, Patrick Burns. He can be found at patrickburns.co. And you just did a new overhaul and complete rebranding, right? Why don't you talk about that? Uh, yeah, we did go through a rebrand. I mean. A lot of what we've done in the past, I mean, I did a brand exercise years back, and then I've really been focused more on the sales side and the sales operations side. But I feel like now that that's fully dialed in, it's it's time to take our brand to the next level. I mean, I've always had the ability to gather attention and awareness, you know, because I'm in digital marketing, but I needed to go through an exercise so I could really polish the brand differentiate and help us move up market so we can work with mid market to enterprise type of accounts. Got you. So at a high level, tell us uh, what you do. Um, So I work with B2B companies. I help them generate awareness and leads. Primary channels of growth are LinkedIn and email. So there's numerous tactics and ways that we do that, but that's in essence at a high level view what we do. And so um, you've got quite the following, 85,000 followers on LinkedIn. How did you get Mm -hmm. so many followers? How'd you do it? Through consistency and perseverance. I mean, I've been on the platform. I think I started being active on the platform around 2016 is when Mm -hmm. I first started getting active with the platform. Um, I used it for another business venture in the beginning, and then I pivoted to my agency that I founded like a year after I was already on the platform. Um, I mean, that was, and it was way less noisy on there. So it was easy to get more traction and adoption, you know, for followers and stuff. Now it's getting more competitive and there's a lot of great creators on there. So you really have to step up your content game. But I mean, the biggest thing is giving value and then just consistency. 
consistency of, you know, posting content that gives value, gives, um, you know, keeps you top of mind and just doing that all the time. Because if you don't, you're not going to get that compounding factor of building out your brand. And I know various tools and technologies that can help me optimize my LinkedIn efforts too on the tech side. I mean, I come from a strong background too of technology. So I worked with two tech startups before I started my agency. And then 90 to 95% of the portfolio that we work with um, is in the technology sector. So I'm very cutting edge as far as, you know, different tactics and technology to get the most results with your digital marketing efforts. Because that's the thing. People might create great content and give a lot of value, but they might not know how to leverage technology to amplify and distribute that content to get the most impact. You know, how to play the algorithm, how to leverage these different tools. So Mm -hmm. you have to combine kind of being a hacker and understanding the tools and technology while also being like a value creator and just being authentic and just giving value to the audience. So you have to balance those two things. Gotcha. So you are the owner of your company, right? How many employees do you have? Uh, So we have 10 employees with the company. Um, And so why did you start your business? Like, why did you start a business, start hiring employees, you know, especially when most businesses don't end up making it, you know, they, they mm -hmm. end up failing. So Mm -hmm. what, what about it? I mean, I I saw you worked with some, you know, pretty big companies like Accenture, Honeywell, State Street. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess you worked with the Uber of lawn care, but um, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what made you want to go off and start your own business? Um, Basically I wanted autonomy. That was the biggest motivational factor. And with those other companies you mentioned, I did work with uh, Uber for Lawn Care. Like I worked in that company. I've helped run campaigns and build partnerships with Honeywell and those companies. So I haven't worked specifically with internally with those companies, but I've developed partnerships uh, with those type of companies. But yeah, I mean, when I first started off, it was all about economy and just like being the master of like my own destiny, really. And I don't really like authority and having a boss. So it's like, I just wanted to do my thing. One, I mean, as soon as I graduated college, I instantly went into entrepreneurship, which was a blessing and a curse because I learned a lot. But then I also made a lot of mistakes just because I didn't have any experience in the corporate world or just to know how an organization is structured and how to approach things. So but now right, well, it's that's, that's what out. we want to talk about. Let's talk about some of your mistakes. What did you screw up really good on the on on your CEO journey? Um, not having contingency plans. Mm-hmm. I was all about which is good and bad. I mean, it gives you tunnel vision and focus. But like, I was all about plan A all the way. And if that plan failed, I had nothing to back myself up. And then I would put myself in a really bad position. It was almost. It was almost like I was addicted to the uh, risk of the situation. It's like, well, let's just put me in a more risky thing and then I'll just rise to the occasion. And as I matured, it's like, no, you want to have contingency plans. You want security and then you can take those risks as well. But there's no reason to put yourself in a riskier situation than you need to be. And as far as business goes, I mean, there was aspects too. I mean, I would just get too tunnel vision with one venture or one thing and then I wouldn't place bets on other ones like mm-hmm. I mean I did that with tech startups it's like oh you know this company is going to make me a multimillionaire. it's like well, what if that doesn't happen like what else are you going to do to generate income 
on that. Right. And right. it's like, I wouldn't have those backup plans. So now it's like, I'm very strategic and methodical about, you know, my plans and contingency plans. If things yeah. don't pan out a certain way. So you went to the the school of CEO hard knocks and learned some things mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got 10 employees. How do you drive accountability mm-hmm. in your business? I'm assuming most of your employees are virtual, right? Yeah, everybody's remote on the team. Um, I mean, it really comes down to it comes down to the technology, the comms, and then the reporting that you have mm-hmm. with everybody. So, I mean, we have CRM, so I can see the communications um, that account managers have with their clients and stuff like that, so I can monitor that. I have access to the dashboard of all the campaigns of every account manager, so I can see that stuff at a high-level overview just to, you know, mm-hmm. keep a pulse on stuff. And then, you know, we'll have scores of different accounts to make sure so I can monitor what ones are near churn and one what ones are really happy. And then mm-hmm. I can intervene with them. So it's systems and having uh, technologies that you can see everything at a high level overview without getting too in the weeds with it. And that's right. taken time to develop that for sure. I mean, I've spent- You had to get your processes and your procedures in place. And that is a, you know, that is a- it is a very unfun but rewarding part of being a business owner that I think mm-hmm. a lot of people skip that. They just mm-hmm. go to, hey, look, I've gotten too big. Now mm-hmm. I need people. People go do things, but they don't necessarily have all of the structure yeah. for those people to execute on those things. Yeah. And if I'm going to bring somebody on or like expand a certain function, I'll just be super focused on that specific function and dial it in, give them all the materials, onboarding, set up the processes and systems. And then we can look to other functions within the company. Because if I'm too dispersed trying to optimize all the functions simultaneously, then it's hard to give that focus to really make them optimal with that. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So what are the top three things impacting your industry and your company right now? I mean, we're in a very kind of uncertain time frame. People are sort mm-hmm. of all over the map, right? What, what mm-hmm. would you say that the top three things that are affecting you in your company? Um, I would just say, well, I mean, I don't, it's not nearly as bad as COVID. I mean, I went through COVID and I lost half my client base through COVID because they cut advertising spend dramatically. So, you know, it's nothing like that. So my, my outlook on the market isn't too pessimistic. I would say it's kind of balanced between pessimistic and optimistic. I'm pretty realistic about the market and like where it's at. But the biggest thing for me is it's just getting more and more, the market's getting more and more saturated and competitive. So, I mean, digital marketing, it used to be a lot easier to generate results because not many people were utilizing these channels, these platforms, these technologies. And then as the years keep going on, everybody keeps, you know, adopting this and everybody's getting more on the same page. So you have to keep taking it to the next level to get the same results that you used to get in the past. So that's a big thing now. It's like you have to have more of a coherent, holistic strategy with your campaigns. I mean, you can't just think we're going to do this one tactic or one type of campaign that's going to generate a ton of results. I mean, we have to build brand. We have to nurture the people. We have to have outbound. We have to bring all those elements together to have a strong position in the marketplace. And then also just being way more aggressive just because it's more competitive. So it's like, I mean, 
and that's something too. I work in the technology sector and I'm expand. I mean, I've worked in other verticals as well, as long as they're B2B. I mean, I've worked with like cleaning companies, lawyers, you know, other verticals outside of that. I always went to tech just because I naturally wasn't like interested in tech, but it's also one of the most competitive spaces that there are because mm-hmm. a bunch of the tech companies know digital marketing. They know how it works and they're deploying it aggressively as opposed to, you know, you could take, if you take a technology company, they're very savvy and then they're global on their market and like who they connect with. Now, if I take a company like uh, commercial real estate, there's way less competition for commercial real estate. Like they're not nearly as tech savvy type people, uh, organizations. And then you got to think about geographically, they're only going to service a certain area. They're not going to service the entire globe. So they're going to have even less competition within that specific area. So now that things are more saturated and competitive, I have to identify market that are underserved and underutilized and bring them value too. While I also compete in the, you know, technology type sector markets. Right. Right. So those are things that we're going through as an exercise of expansion of industries that we work with and just how we're going to approach it. If we're in a competitive space, we're just going to have to be more holistic and we're going to have to be more aggressive to keep compete in that space. Right. I don't know right. if that was three. That was just yeah. a lot. <laughs> that yeah, was just yeah, a lot. Yeah. We got you. We got you. I mean, it's, okay. it, it is. So, so what, what is one thing that you've done right on your journey of owning your own mm-hmm. company? Like something you just did really, really well. Um, well, I've always, I've always generated pipeline. I mean, because that's what our business is. So I'm consistent on generating leads for the company and getting that lead flow in. And yeah, I guess I, if you can't do it for yourself, how are you going to do it for everyone else, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to practice what you preach. And we definitely do that. I mean, that's what we're, you know our bread and butter is. And whatever we do for our clients is what we do internally. I mean, really, it's like I'm trying to transcend them to everything that I'm deploying internally so they can get similar results. So how do you get your employees to embrace your vision? I mean, as a uh-huh. as a business owner, uh-huh. how do you transcend your message onto them? Um, well, I don't know. I guess it's kind of your personality and some charisma is involved with it. But then you also have to see the end goal where they can see a bigger opportunity for them to grow personally and professionally too, to set up that roadmap of like, this is where we're at. This is where you're at. But if you continue on this journey, this is where we're going to end up. So let, let's see this through because I'm right here with you. And this is like the end goal of what I want this company to be. And it's going to be more rewarding for you. And you're going to learn more by sticking through with this. Um, and then, I mean, all my people are remote. So I'm open to being very flexible with schedules and stuff like that. Like I'm not micromanaging by the hour of like, oh, you need to log in by this or like whatever. All I care about is execution. As long as the account's happy, you're getting results and you execute, I could care less how long it takes you to do it. So we do a project-based type work with that. So I give them a lot of flexibility by being completely remote. And then I don't like box them in on specific hours that they, so they appreciate flexibility. Okay. All right. Um, if if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you, then um, uh-huh. what would be the best way for them to reach you? Um, I would definitely find me on LinkedIn. It's just Patrick Burns. I'm sure you'll have a link in the description yep. of my profile. Yep. 
Um, you can contact me by email. It's hello at patrickburns.co. So those would be the two channels, email and LinkedIn. That would be the easiest to reach. Okay. And then go check out his new website because it definitely um, it looks great. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I appreciate that. It was a process in the making, but it's definitely looks way better aesthetically. and It's a better user experience than it was. And we're going to do more investments to drive more traffic and get more results from it, too. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the Shift Spotlight today. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it, Winner. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight podcast. If you are a service-based business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder with under 10 years of experience, and you are in the trenches of growing your idea or business and want to bring your inspiring story of change, challenge, and success all while promoting your business and gaining exposure with a remarkable and influential network, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can share their journey. Please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our entire audience for free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter by going to LinkedIn and searching The Shift Spot. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world and we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.